1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The new formula for disproportionate share payments was finalized Monday. Bernie Sanders revealed his plan to forgive medical debt, and an antitrust expert breaks down some of the arguments in the Sutter antitrust case. All that and more coming up on Just Healthcare Daily. It's Tuesday, September 24th, and I'm Alex Olgan with Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. The new formula for Medicaid disproportionate share payments was finalized Monday. The federal payments that states distribute to hospitals who treat the poorest and sickest patients are set to be cut by $4 billion in 2020 and $8 billion each year after through 2025. Modern Healthcare is reporting the calculation will include the number of uninsured patients, Medicaid patients, and the amount of uncompensated care offered in a state. The cuts were scheduled to start in October, but the House voted to delay them as part of a measure to extend current government funding. The Senate still has to vote. The change in these payments was part of the Affordable Care Act. Since Medicaid was expanded, many more patients had insurance, and hospitals weren't expected to need as much assistance to cover uncompensated care. The cuts were set to go into effect in 2014, but have been delayed for years. Vermont Senator and presidential candidate Bernie Sanders has now released the details of his plan to forgive $81 billion in medical debt.
2: I mean, I just stop and think for a second. Why should people be placed in financial duress? For what crime did you commit? You had a serious illness?
1: That was Sanders at a rally earlier this month. If elected, Sanders says he'll direct the federal government to negotiate and pay past due bills reported to credit agencies. Just last year, healthcare expenses pushed 8 million people into poverty, according to the Census Bureau. Here's more on what Sanders' plan would do limit how much a collector can call you, what can be seized, and what wages can be garnished, and instruct the IRS to review billing and collections practices for nonprofit hospitals to ensure they are in line with charitable standards and take action against those who are not. Nurses at hospitals across the country went on a one-day strike last week. They want better working conditions and lower nurse-patient ratios. The National Nurses United Union said about 6,500 nurses went on strike at 12 tenant healthcare-owned hospitals in Arizona, California, and Florida. About 2,000 nurses who work at the University of Chicago Medical Center, who are part of the same union, also went on strike. NBC5 Chicago reported UCMC started preparing for the strike days ahead of time. They're already moving patients from NICU and PICU to other hospitals, diverting new transfers and rescheduling some elective surgeries and appointments. The nurses are in negotiations with both health systems. UCMC said to the New York Times it was disheartened that it had to get to this point. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported strikes last year were the highest in a decade. The industries with the most were education, health care and social services. It doesn't seem that they are slowing down. 80,000 Kaiser workers have authorized a strike in October and are still negotiating a contract. Monday marked the start of jury selection in the antitrust case against California-based Sutter Health. Yesterday, you heard from an antitrust expert about how the contracting practices between the health system and insurers at issue in this case are being scrutinized nationally. Today, we hear from John Jacobs about some of Sutter's possible defenses. Jacobs is an antitrust lawyer at Perkins Coie, and before that, he worked for the Federal Justice Department in the Antitrust Division. John, the health system is being accused of using its size and influence over insurance companies to drive up prices in Northern California. The lawsuit claims it's doing so through so-called all-or-nothing contracts, which require all of Sutter's locations to be in a network. Is this unusual or are a lot of other hospitals doing the same thing?
2: There, I think there are other Sutter's out there. It's been very common in the last 20 years for larger metropolitan hospitals to buy uh, smaller community hospitals to provide um, a guaranteed steady stream of of patients. If you have a hospital system like that, it's natural that you're going to want to have all of your hospitals in a health plans network. You want to be able to provide that referral without the patient having to pay an expensive out-of-network charge. So I think that is one uh, reason and incentive for having these all-or-nothing contract policies. I think they'll argue it's an efficiency and ultimately a savings to the, to the patient.
1: But in this case, a union representing its members, the patients, originally sued Sutter.
2: Here, I believe the, uh, what is happening is Sutter does offer health plans, the option of picking and choosing. But the complaint is that the rates are so vastly different and much more expensive for the health plan if they don't take all of Sutter's facilities, that they're arguing they effectively don't have a real choice.
1: John, let's look at another part of the case. It argues that Sutter is basically saying to insurers, look, if you have us in your network, you can't send patients other places where they can get lower cost care. On its face, this seems anti-competitive. But are there other reasons for doing this?
2: So let's say you have the same large metropolitan hospital and it provides a uh, Trauma services. It's a level one trauma center. Let's say it also has in that same town a a children's hospital. Those are very expensive services. uh, To pay for things like that, they uh, uh, increase their rates uh, on more basic services primary and secondary care, because hospitals cross-subsidize all kinds of things.
1: So a big hospital system like Sutter needs to keep those patients, keep them away from other smaller hospitals to pay for this expensive, less-used care?
2: The smaller hospital can be cheaper and cherry-pick patients um, as a result of not providing those services to protect uh, its incentives to invest in more sophisticated care. The hospital may have an incentive to impose this kind of anti-steering Um, clause. There could be economic justifications, whether, you know, you could prove it and whether you could convince the fact finder, the judge, or in this case, a jury, that those are valid. Should
1: other health systems who may have similar contracts to Sutter be watching this case?
2: Well, I think it could have a big impact if you've got one or both of these kinds of provisions and you see Sutter losing and potentially paying an awful lot of money Um, to the private plaintiffs and to the state.
1: That was John Jacobs, antitrust attorney who's a partner at the firm Perkins Coie. Sutter has a statement on its website that says in part there is robust competition in Northern California and Sutter Health looks forward to demonstrating in court why its integrated care model promotes competition and benefits patients. Taking a look at healthcare stocks, the healthcare sector was down 0.61% at the end of the trading day Monday. Looking at hospitals, tenant healthcare was down 5.3%, community health systems was up 1.1%, and HCA was down 0.7%. Thanks for listening to Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olgan. Check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on JustHealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare.
0: Hold up. What was that?